again, everybody. This is Dan Duva. It's a summertime SLGND. It's Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave presented by the D Hotel. Time to sort through all the Golden Knights offseason moves. Moving on from Flurry, Reeves, Glass, Holden, and Nosek, retaining Martinez and Yanmark. Adding Dadanov, Patrick, Howden, and Brossois, we sift through it all. How will the Golden Knights look going into their fifth season? Which teams improved most this offseason and which ones didn't? Who are the contenders in the Pacific? What questions face the Knights five weeks out from training camp? It's SLGND, the share of Lawless and some guy named Dave podcast presented by the D Hotel. And now... Here's Dave. It's a mid-August. Here's Dave from Dan Duva, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Coming to you uh, remotely from uh, all areas uh, of the earth. Well, three in uh, Nevada, one uh, on Cape Cod. You can figure out who's on the Cape. You know, if you can't see this, he's got a Chatamaze t-shirt on, so you can figure that out. But anyway, uh, the Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Coming to you uh, still the Golden Knights, uh, well, I don't know, about five weeks or so from starting training camp. And uh, then, of course, their fifth NHL season. Hard to believe it's going to be their fifth season. We'll get underway coming up October the 12th. Uh, What's going to be a great night at T-Mobile Arena. The last two expansion teams in the NHL, the Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken, will face off at T-Mobile to kick off the 21-22 campaign. But, uh, guys, we haven't done one of these in a while, and there's probably some ground to cover. But first off, uh, Lawman, let's just start with you. Um, As the Golden Knights sit here right now, Compared to the team that ended last season, how do they stack up? And what have you thought of, uh, obviously, they made a, a couple of notable trades, uh, especially one enormous trade here in the offseason. Yeah, obviously, we knew something had to give in the goaltending situation when Pete DeBoer said in his exit interviews that it was one thing to have uh, those two goalies together on your roster in a, in a condensed season like last year. Next season is something altogether different. So that was the head coach telegraphing that he didn't want to have either five or seven million bucks on the bench every night in terms of uh, which goal he was starting. And so, uh, you know, we hear talk that uh, there was there was an opportunity to move Robin Leonard to, to New Jersey, and that fell through. And and then uh, they were able to trade Mark Andre Fleury to, to Chicago, and that freed up. Uh, Seven million, and uh, you know that allowed them to re-sign Alec Martinez. I think that's a, a a really big addition. Listen, it's the elephant in the room. Let's not pretend that losing Mark Andre Fleury isn't uh, a huge thing to the fan base, a huge thing to the team. He's been a really good goalie for this organization. He won the Vezina Trophy, um, but they had two. They believed in both, and he was the one that they were able to move and. Uh, can you say the Golden Knights are better right now than they were at the end of the season? I, I, I think that if you drill down on that a little bit, you know, on any given night you're going to, if we say Fleury and Leonard, when Leonard is healthy and right, are, and Fleury is healthy and right, are, you know, 1A, 1B, pretty close. Um, one of them is going to be on the bench. Now you're going to have... To Dan off in your lineup, you got to keep Martinez. I think that would have been a huge blow. And we're going to find out what Nolan Patrick can do now that he's in a, a, a much better situation for him with uh, Kelly McCrimmon, the guy who coached him in junior, the general manager of this team. So I, I think that you know if 
it, there's a lot of ifs, and that's part of, of, of retooling your team in the offseason. And I think you can say that they will be able to ice a better lineup. And part of that is I think Nick Hague's going to be better. Zach Whitecloud's going to be better. Peyton Krebs is going to be healthy and have an opportunity to play uh, with this team. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very dramatic offseason. We'll, we'll find out as the season goes because this is a pretty big season for them. Trading Mark Andre Fleury for a lot of fans, it will be get to the Stanley Cup and 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 maybe even win the Stanley Cup, or it's uh, or it, it wasn't worth it. I, I'm not in that camp. I disagree with that. I think if you continue to be a Final Four team, you're uh, you're accomplishing a lot. That being said, you know, this group is. It's built to win, and th- that's what everyone wants. No, I'd, um, you know, I, I was going to kind of get to Gary's point, was are they better? Are they better today? And I, I don't know if you can gauge that in mid-August, um, but how do you size up now that, you know, things have kind of simmered down here since the flurry trade? Well, have they simmered down? Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, well, and that's the thing. And, you know, we all come from hockey backgrounds. We've worked or sports backgrounds, and, you know, I played, so I'm kind of immune to the to the attachment because it happens so much. I look at it strictly at business. It's $7 million. It's a guy who's turning 37 years old. He's seven years older than the other guy. Um, love Marc-Andre Fleury, both the human and the, the athlete, Hall of Fame goaltender he is. Um, and you know what? Who knows what he'll do? Good for him. He'll move on. But this was a move if they wanted to retain a guy like Alec Martinez, who he said... I don't think we talked about one individual, maybe Mark Stone, but either than Stone, one guy more in his value to the team last year. And you don't get him without, you know, moving that money out. You retain Yanmark. So I guess, you know, to come around to your question, are they better? I'm not sure. I think, you know, last year they were a team that was considered to be a cup contender. I think they will be again. I think what they've done is they've addressed the needs they needed to. And that's what it's about. Uh, their last two exits in the playoffs, it, was, it wasn't about goaltending, and both guys played. It, it, it had nothing to do with goaltending. It was about goals. It was about performance. It was about scoring depth. Um, uh, they couldn't find the offense they needed to at the most important time. So, you know, I, you know, bring a guy like Janmark back. Get a guy like Dadnoff, who's, you know, a little bit of an offseason last year, but some great years in Florida, showed he can score goals, can, can play in the power play. I think, you know, you trade two young guys, uh, you get Patrick in and Glass that I think they both needed a change of scenery. Patrick certainly more experience. He showed early in his career, huge potential. This guy was drafted number two overall in the same draft. And a lot of people had him won. It was, you know, he was, he was a favorite. So certainly we always talk about, you know, not only the Golden Knights staff projecting these young players, but we're talking about the league projecting. So, you know, you hope he can take that next step uh, forward and Gary talked about the youth. That that's that's always you know kind of an intangible how they develop, how they take step forwards. And I think we saw huge steps both from Hague and Whitecloud last year. Uh, I think there'll be more Dylan Coglin you could throw in yeah. there, uh, and then Peyton Krebs is kind of to me a big wild card. This is a this is a kid that uh, certainly you're not going to outwork him, and it's how quickly he can develop and take that skill. Uh, you know. Work is the toughest thing to teach a kid, and he's already got that instilled in his game. It's going to be, you know, now him learning the pace at the NHL and all that, and I think he's he's a quick study. So 
Uh, he could be a bit of a surprise, certainly with, uh, you know, the other thing, Tuck's going to be out of the lineup. So you think about coming around, that's like a huge addition late in the year. It's how, how they play without him in the lineup. Yeah, and that's the other thing, Dan, right? I mean, Shane, to Shane's point, it, they lost in the playoffs two years in a row because they couldn't score in the third round, and their power play was a non-factor. So you've got to hope, you know, with the addition of Dadnoff, Yanmark with a full season in Vegas, uh, that maybe that makes a difference. We'll see if Nolan Patrick can become the player that everyone thought he could be. Um, you know, I think there was a school of thought. They did they did they need a stud center, a number one center, legitimate? Kelly McCrimmon says it was more talk outside the organization than within. Well, that's proven to be the case because the, you know they didn't. It's hard to get those guys, but there's still a lot of this to be determined. Obviously, as they move forward uh, into a new season coming up in a couple of months. I step back and think about a few years ago, the Tampa Bay Lightning, number one in the regular season, and then get swept in the first round. You know, that team had to be retooled, had to be tweaked, because while it was great in the regular season, it perhaps wasn't what they needed it to be in postseason competition. So here's the Golden Knights, a terrific regular season, tied for the best record, and how the team is constructed maybe could have done that again. But as you pointed out, Dave, twice in a couple of years, they could not score when it came down to um, that clutch performance. You look at Dadanov and uh, – just you know, three years in a row, he had 25 goals or more. The Knights haven't had anybody like that uh, down in the lineup. That just has not been there. We talk about players who maybe step up, uh, you know, a clutch goal here or there. We think about Yanmark's hat trick. I mean, he hadn't scored at all until he had those three goals. You, you would expect that Dadnov, at 32 years old, making $5 million a year, he's going to put up 25 goals, and if you get that on your third line, and if Tuck comes back and is anything like he was last year, all of a sudden you've got a, a monster couple of wingers there. Plus, you know, what can Nolan Patrick get back to? And, and I think that's where the Golden Knights have to really kick it up. Uh, that third line has been a question mark for the first few years, and then you, you started to get a taste of it. Uh, maybe what this team can be with a third line that really produces, and maybe that's the difference in the playoffs, right? They they can get into the playoffs, it seems to me, with the group that they have, right? This is a playoff team. Now it's about have they made the tweaks that make them a championship team, and maybe it's that a kind of adjustment on the third line, legitimate scoring there, uh, to be seen, but I think that to me is what my eye will be on. Uh, sadly, it won't be until next spring because I think this is a playoff team no matter how we look at it. So it'll be how can they start to click? How do they feel things out and put this lineup together uh, going into the playoffs next year? Lawman, in terms of how this lineup stacks up right now, um, how do you how do you size up where somebody like a Nolan Patrick? You know, Shane mentioned earlier, probably he and Cody Glass both needed a change of scenery. Um, you know, you, you know the player. Kelly McCrimmon knows the player. Where does he slot into this? Do they give him a chance in camp between Stone and Pacioretty? He was the – I talked to some people in Philadelphia. He was the best player in Flyers training camp last year and looked like he was going to be, you know, a dominant player. And then he got parked on the fourth line and, uh, and had a miserable year. I, I don't think he can play this guy – Without, I think he needs to play with skilled players if he's going to reach his potential. He's got to earn that, though. Chandler Stevenson, um, that remains his job unless uh, someone can can bump him out. I am interested in. Uh, there's a couple of things. He you know, he had a uh, a concussion and then he had migraine issues. He missed 17 months. It's a, it's a real big chunk of time. 
The other thing is, and Shane, I think it's a little bit different than maybe the way you were motivated when you were a player. It, you know, it was, I know you had guys that, that really gave you tough love. And I don't know if that works with a lot of, of these, a lot of these players. And it's a gen- different generation. Well, this guy's the best hockey this kid ever played was for Kelly McCrimmon. And now he's back in Kelly McCrimmon's organization. That that communication, whatever it is that unlocks Nolan Patrick mentally and emotionally, that's going to happen here. That's not going to be a problem in Vegas. Kelly McCrimmon knows that formula. He has the key for that. That's going to be fine. Uh, and uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do because he could pop. This this he was projected to be a franchise center, and if that's what they've if that's what they're able to to uncover, that will be this will be a, a, an excellent trade for for the Golden Knights. And I'm not saying Cody Glass still can't do that in Nashville. Uh, maybe that's exactly what 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 he evolves into as well. But now the player was. Was on, seemed to be headed in that direction with the franchise they are. Shane, how important is that communication for today's player? I know, like it was changing oh, as massive. you as your career kind of started to end. Well, I think that's something that you know. You ask any coach now, and they'll say how he've how it's much it's evolved as a coach, and your your handling and the communication with the players. It was rare if you had a if you talk to the head coach. And if you did, it usually wasn't good. Uh, it's the best kind of, uh, you know, you didn't hear from him. That was good. Everything was great. But now, you know, communication is so important. Uh, I think it's, you know, you know, important for the coach to know the individual, to know what's going on even beyond just the game of hockey, what's going on in his life. And they do know now. That's, and, you know, talk to many coaches, said that's been the biggest change, guys that have been in the game, the ability to communicate with their players and to understand what makes them tick. So, uh, it certainly has changed drastically in, in the handling and the coaching of athletes, you know, not only in hockey, I think in all pro sports now and how important it is for a young player like Patrick. This is a guy you want to build up. And it'll be the same for Cody Glass going to Nashville. And I think this is this trade to me is great for two young players who have lots of potential. I don't, I think, you know, Nolan Patrick, you know, maybe a little more, a little more seasons been in the league. For Cody Glass, I didn't see him having success in Vegas. I think there would always be a cloud over his head. Uh, that has the name Suzuki on it because that comparison would be there forever as long as he was with the Golden Knights. Now that cloud is gone. It's bright, sunny skies for him in Nashville. He has nothing above him. So, you know, good for him. Great kid. Uh, lots of skill, and we'll see where his potential takes him. But I think Nolan Patrick uh, and, and where he plays, let's you know, the top six as is for the Golden Knights, let's say it doesn't change. That's solid. And and Dan mentioned it, the depth. You throw Dadnoff down there. If you have Yanmark, if you have Patrick, uh, you know, Nick Waugh and bring Alex Tuck back, Peyton Krebs, where is he going to fit in? And one guy I didn't mention, and I should, is is Brett Howden. Uh, th- this guy, I know, first-round draft pick. You know, kind of got lost, had a great year again, then had an off-season with the Rangers, but uh, spoke very highly of his, his intelligence and probably maybe that fourth-line player might have more potential. But another reason why the Reeves move out is, is the coaches want to use fourth lines for penalty kill to take some of those minutes away from their top end players. And I think that's something Howden can provide, uh, which you need to have. Nosek did it. He's moved on, but you get a a younger player in Howden uh, with with a bigger ceiling. 
uh, to grow. So I, I think they've made a lot of moves. There's a lot of depth when you, we start talking about, you know, that third line and even the fourth line. There's going to be some, you know, healthy competition there with guys that, uh, you know, can provide what you need, a little more grit maybe and, and scoring. You know, Reeves provided the grit, but you can say, you know, that outside of that, you know, he's another fan favorite that moved on. But, you know, sparingly in the lineup, I think it's, you know, age and everything. It's time to bring youth. So I, I like where they're at. And I think, you know, Pete DeBoer is a coach that understands what it's going to take here to maybe build a couple of those younger guys up, get their confidence back. And I think it'll benefit the team. Dan, last year, the Golden Knights win the Jennings' lowest goals against in the league. They've got the Vesna winner and Marc-Andre Fleury, who obviously they move on from. What do we make of the goaltending tandem of Robin Leonard and Lauren Brosois? Brosois, who's 28 years old, so not someone who's like 23 and up and coming. He's only two years younger than Robin Leonard. And I think he's been a, a, a serviceable backup, both in his previous stops, Edmonton and Winnipeg. We saw him uh, you know, a little bit over the course of the few years that the Golden Knights had played those uh, couple of teams. But, um, you know, it, it is it is not the same one-two punch, obviously. How many games does Brossois play? And is he going to top out around 20, 25? Is it a little bit different? Uh, you know, how many games does Robin Leonard get? And then we saw the emergence of Logan Thompson last year. And even in a couple of playoff games, he was the backup uh, for Marc-Andre Fleury. And how close is he? to um, making a run at a spot at the NHL level. Uh, Brossois makes $2.3 million. Leonard's at $5 million. So you got about $7 million there because now the salary cap consideration is going to be part of every discussion here. It's something we kind of touched on earlier. I think that going back to uh, just the thought of the regular season versus the postseason, Kelly McCrimmon said it at the end of the year. How often did having only 15 players in the lineup catch up with the team in the postseason? Uh, if you've only got seven million tied up in goaltending, just a little over seven instead of twelve, that gives you the, the additional flexibility. And I bet Logan Thompson comes in at under two point three million. So I, I think that question is is open, of course, for every team. But Robin Leonard, having been part of successful teams with tandems in the last handful of years, notably with the Islanders and then with the Golden Knights, uh, it, it is not doesn't seem to me that it's going to be a tandem here. I mean, how many games do you think Robin Leonard is going to play this season? How many for Brossois? Yeah, you'd figure 57 for Leonard, something like that, right? I mean, we're, we're, we've gone away from the days where the number one guy plays 70, 68, 66, right? So you'd think that's... Shane, was it, you were telling me that, uh, you know, the analytics people, they thought Brozois was the best backup in the league last year. Did you tell me that? Where do they hear that? Gary, I, Shane? I heard that through yeah. someone. The analytics are different everywhere. That's, you know, you yeah. look one where and... You know, he only played 14 games last season, but he had a 918 save percentage. So, um, you know, he's kind of been a goalie that's kind of gone up, down, good year, bad year. Let's hope this the, the trend changes um, uh, when you look at it. Hopefully it's good year, good year, because last year he had a good season with Winnipeg. Uh, and, and it's a bit of an unknown. And But I think Dan made a valid point. Like the emergence of Logan Thompson kind of gives them an, an all possible another option to look at. And this is a guy that was just outstanding in the American Hockey League last year, dominant. Um, and, and But that said, uh, goaltending is important, but uh, also the defensive core they have. You, you know, we're talking Alex Petrangelo, who we saw finally come to what we expect. He was their best player in playoffs, elite, the way he played. Um I think Martinez, we, you know what you're going to get from him. McNabb, 
you know, veteran guy. I think Hagen, White Cloud, and Coglin all take big steps forward. And then the guy that uh, it was okay, but certainly has another level is Shea Theodore. And uh, that you look at that defensive group. There's and the way they play. You know, you just you need a goaltender to to come in and do what he's got to do. But not a lot of times are they going to have to steal a game with that type of defensive group in front of them. Just the one other uh, cap consideration is, you know, Tuck's injury uh, is uh, it's a long term situation. So that that LTIR relief that they that they wanted last year and never got, which put them in to those situations, it's baked into the pie right off the bat. Like Tuck will go on a long term injured reserve uh, as soon as uh, whatever date it is that they're allowed to put them on. They'll put him on that, and that's all. It's four point seven five million is his cap hit. So they're going to have a lot of breathing room in that in that respect. How does that benefit them later in the season, Gary? Yeah, because they'll save what law, man? Let's say he can't play till January, so they'll save half of his salary, roughly, right? Is that how it works? So two point yeah. three. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it, on the days that they don't use it, they're able to like they're able to 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 stock it up. And then, so then when they get to the, they could have a bunch of that kind of bankrolled when they get, when they get to the deadline, because they're going to be compliant. Uh, even without that, you have to be compliant, right? When the season starts. So they're going to be compliant without that room. And then if they don't, you know, let's say they, let's say they, things go well for them and they're, they're not, they don't, they're able to stock some of that up, then they can use it at the deadline as has a weapon and, and add another piece if they think they need to at that point in time. The Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave Podcast, brought to you by the Finley Auto Group, Jaguar, Lincoln, Acura, and Chevy. The Golden Knights, Dan, you mentioned, uh, you know, unless things go totally off the rails, or we expect them to be a playoff team again. Um, they were the class of, well, it's funny last year. I mean, they, what, what would have been the Pacific division, there was nobody close to them, but with the realignment of the league, they had a, a heck of a battle on their hands with Colorado in that realigned division last year. Uh, Lawman, as you look at it, who's improved the most around the VGK? I mean, Vancouver's been active. The Kings seem to have been accelerating this rebuild with some moves in the off season. How do you size up the teams nipping at the heels of the Golden Knights? Well, I like what the Oilers did, I think, ex- in a lot of areas, except for in net, you know. Where they need it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, Bring back I, really like Zach, sure. I, I really like Zach Hyman. Uh, Duncan Keith is now going to be in a situation where he's, you know, there's some, some pretty good defenders there already. Uh, he's not going to have to play 28 minutes a night there. I think that'll kind of revitalize him a little bit. Uh, Cody Cece. Uh, is a you know a piece I think that will help them. Yeah, I like what LA did too with Deno and and Arvidsson. Yeah, LA is gonna be hard to score against. Like look at like they got one two punch down the middle with uh, two of the best defensive centers in the league. When you look at Kopitar and 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 Deno, I like Arvidsson a lot as a player. So you know those two teams, but I still think Colorado is you know if you have to look around and try and figure out you know. Who do they have to get by to win the Western Conference? And to me, it's still Colorado. And I don't think they're as good as they were a year ago. I think I think Colorado took on a little water. I'd be interested to hear what Shane and Dan have to say about that. Go ahead, Dan. 
I always figure, I ask myself, who am I most afraid of playing? Like, which opponent in the division do I think, like, ooh, that could be a tough game. That could be dicey if there's a, a meaningful matchup. And the, the team that they, the teams that I, I don't put in that category are the Ducks or the Sharks, or, and not that the Coyotes are in the division anymore, but that's where I had them last year. And then you throw the, these other teams into the mix that are now back in the Knights division. Calgary had been there. Um, Edmonton, like you mentioned, I think Edmonton is, is more of a threat now. I, I, and, you know, Seattle I'll mention only because they've got, <laughs> they've got Grubauer. That's got to give them a shot in the arm. And I also think that they saw what the Golden Knights did, which was surprise everybody. And I think that there's got to be a little bit of that there for the Kraken guys that, that you know, like, hey, you know, we were, you know, cast off. We can do something like that. And they're also probably looking around the division. While the Golden Knights might be the class of the Pacific Division, I mean, who's number two? Uh, who's number three? And I, I wonder if that gives Seattle just a little bit of juice to make things a little bit more interesting. I don't see Seattle as a playoff team, but who thought that the Golden Knights were going to win the division in their first year? So I throw that little asterisk on that. I, I also think that the Minnesota Wild, with what has unfolded there, again, not in Vegas's division anymore, but that first-round series in seven games, what a terrific series that was. And you could see if, if Kaprizov is there, that's, the, that's the, the crux of it for the Minnesota Wild. If he's there, boy, what a talent, and that can make the difference in Minnesota uh, getting past the first round in uh, 2022. Nige, what do you think about what Vancouver's done? That's exactly where I was going. Um, you know, Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, this is a guy that, uh, you know, was pretty, pretty dominant in, in Arizona, the captain. And, uh, you know, can he can he get back to that form from a couple of years ago? That'll that'll be important. The one that I like, uh, you know, Connor Garland, this this Vancouver team's got a lot of a lot of guys. You get Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, uh, you know, Elias. Liz Peterson, um, if Peterson can come back, but that the problem is, and they made you know they got Yaroslav Halak coming in, they brought you know Travis Hamanek back, Luke Shen defensively, so their defense core when you you know Oliver Ekman, Larson, Hamanek back, you got Hughes, uh, they brought in Jason Dickinson who had a great year, uh, you know was a good good player in Dallas, um, but they've got to sign some guys, they've got to get Peterson signed up. I think they got to get Hughes locked up. They got to get Dickinson, and I think they only have 14 million, so there's a little bit of work to do there. Um, but certainly, I think Vancouver has improved. They're one of the teams that, to me, seems seems uh, you know that could be dangerous. This is a team that gave the Golden Knights everything they could uh, a couple of years ago, and and they're a better team now, uh, you know, than they were in the bubble. So. Uh, nothing's easy. It's great to look at it and say, oh, this is the team and the Golden Knights should should be the class of the division. But there's always uh, certain things that will come to play and some surprises that you'll see. You know, Gary mentioned earlier about about Colorado and, um, you know, they shell out big money to keep Kale McCarr. Why wouldn't you? They work it out with Landeskog for him to stay. They lose their number one goalie in Philip Grubauer, right? It, it, I, I got to give her credit. My wife says to me, after all these moves recently, let me get this straight. Two of the three Vesna finalists changed teams. I say that's about right. Grubauer, see you later. Fleury, see you later. Are we shocked that Colorado, we've kind of dissected the, the Fleury thing, that Colorado couldn't find a way to keep Philip Grubauer? Lawman, you're the insider. Yeah, they valued, and I think rightfully so, I think Lanniskog, like as good as McKinnon and Rantanen are, they're not leaders like Lannis Gog. I think Lannis Gog is, 
is a huge piece for them. Um, is is Darcy Kemper a downgrade from Grubauer? For sure. These are the decisions you have to make uh, in in the salary cap world. Like, I got you know Vegas could have kept Mark Andre Fleury. They could have, and they would have had to have said goodbye to Yanmark, and they would have said goodbye to Martinez. And if you're Kelly McCrimmon and Pete DeBoer and George McPhee, you're looking at that matrix and you're like, we got to keep Martinez. We have to keep him. He makes us, he's really important to what we do. And so we've got a strength somewhere. Our strength is in net. Uh, you know, the Joe Sackick had assets that he was able to trade to get Kemper and he's on a better contract than what they were going to have to give Gonna have to give Grubauer, so that's, you know, that's the logic there. We'll see. It, it, listen, only those, all three of those guys were candidates for the Vesna. Only one of them won the important trophy, right? There's one team that I, that I think has made the biggest, and that's Chicago. So you're talking yeah. Fleury, you're talking Seth Jones, but it's a, it's a couple. You know, they have Tyler Johnson coming in. Chicago found a way to win last year without guys. They get their captain back, Jonathan Taves. Let's not forget that. They also get uh, what's uh, Kirby Doc back, uh, who missed the season. Like additions that they didn't have last year, plus some other major ones and goaltending. Obviously, we know who's going to be there. Um, I, yeah, Chicago to me, you know, and this is a team that has a leadership group that knows how to win, and now. Uh, they, they vastly improve uh, from uh, from last season. That's uh, I don't don't have to worry about them in the division, but certainly a team to watch. That I think has taken some huge steps forward. A sleeper in the Central. I agree with you for sure, for sure, Shane. And uh, I know the Winnipeg Jets think that they got better by adding they Nate did. Schmidt and Brandon Dillon. You know they addressed their their issue on on the back end. Um, uh, the Central is going to be compelling. Minnesota, St. Louis, Colorado, <laughs> Chicago, Winnipeg. I'm pro- who am I missing? Nashville, Dallas. Like, good luck getting into the playoffs there. That's going to be a fun division. Well, and it'd be interesting to see you guys too. And you mentioned it, Gary. Like the decisions that have have to be made. And, and Kelly McCrimmon mentioned this when he kind of went through the flurry trade. If you're in that spot, Joe Sackick did it in Colorado. I'm not comparing Grubauer leaving to Flurry at, at all, but. Each team lost a, a terrific goaltender. Um, does the, uh, well, I'll just give you, moving on from Flurry. does that turn up the heat even more on this Golden Knights team? They get into the middle of January and they go through a downward spell in the, in the season. Uh, you know, and pe- do people look at it and say, if you're not us, if you're paying to get into the games, do they look at it and say, if we had Flurry here, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, the, the heat that 100%. comes with that decision. Yeah. 100%. But we know that about Kelly McCrimmon already, that he doesn't care about that. Like we know. know that, you know, he fired Gerard Gallant, who arguably just as popular as Flurry, you know, in a, in, a, in a different way. People loved Turk. And he brought in Pete DeBoer, who Golden Knights fans hated. They did. Like, let's call it, let's, it is what it is. They didn't like the guy. And he's coming and he's done a tremendous job. He's won a ton of games here. And uh, so, yeah, Kelly McCrimmon says all the time, I get paid to make the hard decisions, and he's willing to do that. And uh, I don't think Kelly McCrimmon ignores the heat, but I think he's got a heat shield on that uh, 
that he won't melt down as a result of it. Well, that's the old saying that uh, if you're going to listen to the fans, you're going to end up sitting next to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and it was a tough year for GMs, and I'm sure both, you know, Dan, you and Dave will – you guys are probably ahead of Gary and I already like rosters because of the expansion year and the way it worked. I think I heard on average every team three to five players. When you're when you're putting twenty man rosters, you're talking about a quarter of team, quarter of your team is changing, in just yeah. about every every city. So it's uh, it's really unique in that fact. Like the the change this year has been just tremendous on every organization. And throw on to that, Shane, that for much of the year, we didn't see three-quarters of the league. I'm updating my rosters, and I'm looking back towards last season's numbers. And, you know, the Golden Knights haven't seen the Florida Panthers since January or February of 2020. Like, you, you have to go back to the previous year to kind of go through your notes and all that stuff. So, yeah, that that's been the, the summer homework. You know what? You know what it says to me, Shane. And it, it, this has increased my workload dramatically. This is not what I'm looking for. <laughs> what about me and my needs? That's all I'm worried about. Last I'm year, I only surprised. had to worry about seven other teams. Now I got to worry about all these other teams and all the changes. And this is not Dave. ideal. Dave. Far from it. What about Dave? Dave? You get to go to Nashville this year. You get out. Oh, okay, that's good. Never mind. Okay, so you're in the same position as Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah, you they, know, uh, let Martinez and Yanmark go, or or trade flurry and for you do a little more homework and get okay, to, go to Nashville make the well, decision Shane said it was nothing but sunny days ahead for uh, Cody Glass in Nashville there's a lot of sunny days how could you have a bad day in Nashville that's what I'd I never see know. the sun if I lived I in Nashville say, when, did you, when do you go out in the sun <laughs> I mean, you, on, you must just when you're on what's, the patio that's right morning skate exactly what's right. that I'll see oh you my tonight. goodness <laughs> no question no question <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, uh, it's going to be here fairly soon, right? The training camp starts uh, September 22nd, I believe. And they don't waste any time. They get into the preseason game September 26th. And then before we know it, October the 12th, uh, the season opener. As we said, it should be a lot of fun. You get the last two expansion teams, the Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken, that will drop the puck at T-Mobile Arena. Anything left on your summer plans, guys, before we... Uh, I don't want to turn this into what did you do on your summer vacation, but uh, what, anything? Anything of note? <laughs> Lawman, are you, every time I see you on Instagram, you're traveling the world. What's happening? Well, I'm actually uh, looking forward to uh, spending some time with you and Shane this weekend. That will be... Uh... Nobody, nobody ever says that. Yes, no, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. I've missed Dan. Uh, I'm looking at his uh, little pod there. There's a pile of fan mail. There's a pile of hate mail on your hate mail on yours, Dave. And yeah, uh, that surprised. Shane's is uh, there's uh, Shane's is, is is not dusty because he's been here a lot. So uh, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, a little bit more uh, a little bit more summer before hockey goes. Yeah. Last year was such a strange year, right? Like we didn't really we took a little bit of a breather after the bubble before the season started, but it was and then. It was, you know, once it got going, it was the pedal of the metal. But I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the first time the four of us get on that bird and hit the road and get to go out to dinner uh, and uh, and have a couple cocktails together face-to-face and a few laughs. I, I have I, – it's hard to say that. The shame won't say he's missed me, but I have really missed that. I've missed that interaction. <laughs> it's almost a no, year and a half. It's almost a year and a half, right? March of 2020, since well, Dan us got four to, knuckleheads were on the same plane. Dan and I got to do a little bit of it, 
Uh, but then, like when we got to the Montreal series, we had to stay in the hotel in our hotel room the whole time. And just we're just allowed to go to the rink. That sucked. You're in Montreal and you can't go, you know, experience some of the the great things of that city. So I really hope everything gets back to normal and we have a normal NHL season and we can all get to go away on the Olympic break, do something fun. British Virgin Islands for Dave. that's not a problem for Dave. Could you make sure, Lawman, you're in tight with the league? So they have these two different schedules, one with the Olympic break and one without. Can you reinforce an Olympic break? Could you talk to your people? No. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. Well, what like, a jerk. Who's, who, who's the president of the IOC now? Oh, I have no idea. I yeah, don't is know. it still Fasel? I don't know. No, that. he's the double IHF. Oh. Uh, the, the, the IOC guy. Uh, Whoever he is, you know, yeah. the guy that lets the Russians do whatever they want to do. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't have any influence on him. Well, fellas, uh, enjoy. The, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm in no rush to push the summer uh, away. No. I love the summer. So uh, I, I love uh, I love hockey season, but I love the summer too. So, But yeah. before we know it, uh, fingers crossed, knocked on any wood you can find, uh, we'll all be back together again. And the Golden Knights will be kicking off their fifth NHL season. That'll do it for this edition of the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast.